what number episode is this? Holy cow. This, yeah, we, we just keep on coming no matter what they do. Uh, 137. 137. 137 wow. okay. episodes. We've been talking about 137. How have you been? What has been going on uh, in this odd time of ours? In this odd time. Well, as opposed to Oz time. Um, uh, well, you know, a couple of things. One, and, and we'll, we'll get we'll get the heavy stuff off quickly. Um, I will say that I have a dear, 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 dear friend from like many moons ago. We kind of grew up together. Um, and I won't drop his name because I didn't get permission. But anyway, he's in the hospital, uh, not with COVID, but he's in the hospital. And we'll possibly talk about that a little later in terms of what that means in many ways. Right. But anyway, he could use all good positive energy and thoughts and yeah. prayer and all that because he's a great, 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 wonderful human being. And, all uh, right, well, positive energies and prayers going out to him and to everyone else. Yeah. Sick or hospitalized. Um, <clears throat> uh, and we'll talk about that situation later as it relates to our yeah. main topic. Main topic, uh, right. But, uh, yeah, and, and to all, anybody out there who has somebody or knows somebody or is somebody challenged by this either, you know, with COVID or with some other health challenge that is complicated by COVID. Our best goes out to our, our prayers, our thoughts, our well wishes. Absolutely. Now I'm gonna lighten it up. Well, wait a minute. You didn't I, let me finish. You, you oh, excuse my face. I I'm said. So sorry. I said. I'll start with the heavies. I'm just to get it, you know, off to the side there. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, my, I, you know, as you know, Chris, uh, some of you listening may also know, uh, one of the things I do is I teach um, screenwriting at the New York Film Academy. And so it's, it's coming into that graduation time uh, or end of semester time, depending on the students. And so it's, it's interesting watching these wonderful young folks and some folks, uh, you know, a little older than young, um, wrestle with the creative processes in here and come up with either, you know, ideas that they've always wanted to work on and they're still doing it and now they're bringing it into some sort of point of closure or, you know, coming up with um, stories that spin off on what's going on right now. So either way, they've worked through some tough times and it's great, they're submitting their stories now and it's very interesting to see some of these new pieces. Um, I applaud these kids, they really inspired me uh, to watch them just keep on going, keep on creating and you know, make it the best of it. Just roll up your sleeves and sing, let's build a barn. So hip, hip, hip to them, and thank you for inspiring me. So that's something I'm very excited about. I'm working on a new project, and I'm not supposed to say what exactly the project is, but I've been hired as a writer to write um, a, a new book for, and I can name the publisher, First Second Books, and it's a graphic novel, and I'm, you know, I'm having fun with it. I'm working, I'm doing the research, some more of it and putting it together. And I hope down the line over the next few months, I'll be able to talk about it a bit more, but that's exciting. And then on a fun note, um, guys and gals I used to work with years ago in the publishing business, uh, we've stayed in touch as friends and we have a little mystery book club. And last night, you know, after two months of not being able to do it because we kept waiting and hoping we'd be able to gather together around pizza and wine and talk about the book uh, that we're reading, uh, we did it via Zoom, and it was fun to catch up with these folks and have a good time talking about somebody else's work, and then just talking about life and what each one of us is up to. So that's social, that's business, and that's personal. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Very, very well done. Very well done. And how about um, you, sir? Well, let's see. What did you do? Um, personal business and social. Okay. Yep. So um, very light. Uh, personal note. Um, yesterday. Yep. Yep. It began again. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yes, it did. Stranger came into town. Some may call him stranger. <laughs> I have known this enemy, lo, these many years. Wow. This enemy has preyed upon me. Has hunted me. Tell the story. I was but a wee lad. Every spring, like know. a ethereal craven the hunter. <laughs> <laughs> spring and its uh, and its dandruff that scientists call pollen. 
has tried to kill me. Yet again. And uh, things were going along swimmingly here in the quarantine. But yesterday when the clouds separated and I saw some blue sky, I said unto the goddess, I said, wife, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to walk a mile. Well, first I had to walk the dog. And that's not a walk. That's a two-step. Because he is an investigative dog. Um, <laughs> but finally, I got to go for my walk. And in one mile, I was nearly on my knees. <laughs> this is with... you know, <coughs> Just walking, no exertion, um, but just breathing in and out as things began to bloom. Okay, I popped some uh, uh, some of my allergy medicine and um, put cold bottles on my eyes because my eyes were just itchy and oh, it was insane. So my personal war with spring has renewed itself again. <laughs> you will see what happens. Jeez. Uh, Should we, like, get you to move to a drier climate or something? I follow, I follow the goddess. So okay. It's a small price to pay to be in the presence of the goddess. I hear you. I hear you, brother. I hear you. Professionally, yeah. I'm two-thirds away, two-thirds through a short story. Um, I got accepted to write for an anthology. It's a very interesting theme. I don't know if I can... Uh, speak about it publicly, so I won't. But um, huh. it's a um, an interesting voice. Um, uh, protagonist is a southern female, mm. and uh, I'm having a lot of fun with that. And I'm speculating with it for a you've while. never been one, by the way. I have never been um, a, a southern, southern female. female. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. I had I had a clue that might be the case. And she um, she's positive, no matter what is being thrown her way. And there's a little sense of humor, you know, in there that uh, has been a delight to write. And um, I've got somewhere between a thousand and two. And I know exactly where it's going. Work. Yeah, it's it's got to be somewhere between thirty-five hundred and five thousand, I think. Mm. And it's uh, twenty-five hundred now, and it's there's a third of the story left. So um, I'm shooting for thousand to fifteen hundred. I like to keep stories short stories short, but there's room enough for it to be. You know, there's a lot of room. Should I need a little more in there? And um, I was up this morning around four, me and a cup of tea, working on it. And uh, we got to that turn where, oh, oh, oh here we go. So, uh, yeah, feels good. I got to get back to the last final go through on City of Woe. Um, this is a that's the one yeah, that's thing I'm writing or revising with the yeah. uh, guidance of this uh, very masterful editor that you've, you've connected to. Yeah, she's done some great stuff, and she's given me some great um, advice for this last roundup. Um, we're hoping it's the last roundup. Um, with the distance learning, I have been slammed. It's about um, distance learning teaching or distance teaching is... Somewhere between three and five times as much work as regular teaching. Yeah, I'm so, with you um, there. So uh, I haven't been able to have my full, my best energies, mm -hmm. and, uh, marshalling the energies I do have for shorter works, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, I was supposed to be published in um, Shotgun Honey on the 30th, but of course, this thing has slowed everyone's schedule down, so we'll just monitor it until it actually does that happen. The second and one. Celebrate it then. That's the second story with Penelope. Um, I sent them another story. See if they enjoy that. But again, you know, everyone's been. And um, my birthday was uh, in March, and the goddess gave me some presents, but she felt sad because one present 
uh, didn't show up, and uh, two presidents didn't show up. And, at all? Uh, on time? At all. Uh, at oh. all. Oh, on time. They showed up yesterday. So, uh, <laughs> she ordered them in, uh, I guess, late February or early March. I guess she ordered them, she said, around the 12th or 13th, right when the quarantine happened. So that's how much it has slowed down. And we specifically ordered from an independent bookstore because when we can, we try to do that mm-hmm. so that they still exist. Mm-hmm. So um, I had actually read this one story. Um, I had it digitally, but I really, you know, so there's some books I want in hand, you know, so when she asked for, um, you know, what else, I, mm-hmm. I used that in indulgence. So it's called Hipster Death Rattle. And it's from Richie wait, wait, Narvaez, wait, wait, who has hold been... Time, hold that up again, please. Hipster, Hip- Richie Narvaez? Narvaez. Narvaez. Hipster Death Rattle. Richie Narvaez has been actually very generous to my suspense classes. Um, we found one of his stories in um, Ellery Queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Simon, you know, I think we can use it in class. He said, of course. And then, you know... I want to hear the comments. I sent the comments to him, and we would talk back and forth. He teaches in the city. Um, and then he sent us, like, a, a copy of the first story that that character uh, showed up in. So we read that story and, you know, have some more stuff. I have some art and stuff to send him, but, uh, you know, this has messed up everything. I, hopefully I have the pictures. I haven't sent him the pictures. But it was really cool, Richie, to have this in hand. And then... Um, Donald E. Westlake, and if you oh, haven't read Donald E. Westlake, well, boy, well, isn't he fantastic? He's I, so you know, Westlake, Westlake saved my, my. Well, that's too dramatic. Westlake was a constant companion in the in the eighties, late eighties for me. I I must have read five or six of his books within two to three months. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Put him up there for today. And then, of well, course, got a great... I haven't gone anywhere near him in a while. So I'm sorry, Donald. I'll, I'll do better. Such great style. and So, so there's um, some serious and some uh, social and that kind of stuff. And, or, or I guess the birthday was a social part. Um, and, uh, yeah, just so much energy has gone to um, creating a... Um, a functioning live um, educational experience, mm. you know, for the students. Wow. That was the hardest hit in that county. Uh, my son uh, just sent me the latest numbers for new cases. And in northern New Jersey, where we live, new cases are down to triple digits and, and less, except in this one city where it's still quadruple ticket uh, uh, numbers and that kind of yeah. thing. Um, it's uh, it's rough going. So yeah, well, it, it all ain't that a, has to be taken into consideration, and all of that feeds our conversation for today. Yes, it does. And you and might those even those who listening may ask, "What conversation is that?" And, and well, let us here tell it comes. You. Yes, here it comes. Name of this podcast is Tell the Damn Story. Yep. And uh, we're going to look into that today because um, so many professional writers and editors and publishers are like, oh, 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 don't write about the pandemic. Everyone's going to be writing about the pandemic. And I I understand what they mean and Mm -hmm. respect them and all that. Um. But I also believe, and we talked about this, that there are no new stories. There's nothing new under the sun. It's what we as individuals and as creatives bring to that story that make it new and give it new life and make it worth experiencing a similar story structure again or something like that. Uh And with that in mind, I... uh, when we were speaking yesterday, I said, what if? That's right. I heard the, it. He said it. What two if? Of the best, exactly. Two of the best words for creatives, yeah. right? What if? Yep. 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 What if we talked about going in completely the opposite direction? 
rather than saying, don't write about it. Let's you and I talk about, well, what would there be to write? Right. And in our preliminary uh, discussion, I think we found every genre could be employed that's right. In writing about the pandemic and telling the damn story. Right. From from mysteries to comedy, from romance to tragedies, uh, short stories, novels, novellas, you Slice name poetry, yeah. you name Psychological it. Psychological drama. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Fact and so, fiction. So that's what we want to play with today. Yeah. Um, there's one of the things we discovered is that there's so many different versions or different stories that come out of one scenario. All right now, do you want to throw that um, in-law scenario well, I, out? I'd like, to, I'd like to, you know, sort of lay down a, a little bit of a, a blanket on the grass, as it were, for people Ooh, to sit on. Yeah. You know, sort of wrap what color is the blanket? Is the blanket? Wait, you got the picnic basket? Okay. So, I mean, for one, let us let us try and open our minds, if you haven't already, folks, to the concept <laughs> of there are theoretically only seven master plots in the universe, you know, and, and every story that you've ever read or film you've ever seen has been a variation on one of those themes. That's to be understood. So that's part of what was meant. Alex, by... say that again. Alex, Alex, you dropped out. Say that again. Yeah, I know Alex. this has been happening. So I hope folks are getting a better recording of this. Um, I said there are only seven master plots in the world, in the, in the creative world. And that every movie and book and play that you've ever seen has been a variation on one of those plots. You know, it's just how you use it. Like Chris was saying, what do you bring to the table as a creative? What's the lens that you're going to tell this story through? So with that in mind, we were looking at, yeah, how would, yeah, the seven basic plots. He's holding up the book, right? <laughs> so the question becomes, how, how do you tell this kind of story? And so one of the things, that we are in lockdown. This has been this thing that everybody's like sort of facing right now. And there's been, you know, regular people, you know, stressing about it or talking about it. There have been celebrities stressing or talking about it. Well, lockdown now is about COVID-19, but there have been so many types of lockdown stories going back through time that you can pull from and just go, well, yeah, and any astronauts in space trapped in some sort of space uh, uh, ship or something like that where they can't get to where they need to, they're trapped there, that's a lockdown. Any prison stories that you've seen with riots, and that's a lockdown. There are variations on a contained area and a contained group of people and what happens when things start to boil. So ultimately what we're looking at is, okay, here we are right now in this particular life experience with COVID-19, coronavirus, whatever you want to call it. How do we look at this story? What, how many ways can we take this theme, this plot, of people caught in this scenario and tell stories about it or within it or around it. And Chris and I spent just a little bit of time playing with that and exploring, okay, what genre would we utilize? And can you do it in that one? And can you do it with this one? And, and that's part of what we're gonna be talking about today. So for instance, we mentioned, and I don't know if you want me to keep going with this, Chris, because I know- Well, I, I mean, we could play with the seven plots if you want. Well, we could we could do that, or, or at least a couple as examples. Okay. Well, right there's seven, right? Yep. Right. So, overcoming the monster. Okay. That's, that's so obvious, right? Okay. So, maybe that setting is in a hospital, and it's the drama of the ER, or it's the isolation of the patient, or it's the the loved one who's not, who can't, you know, get who can't yeah. get to the, you know, yeah. um, or staying in the idea of staying in, staying home, overcoming the monster. I mean, there, there's so many possibilities. Right. right? And, it's, and especially, especially if you look at, you know, again, I always tell my students, it's a lot about the characters that you're on the journey with the, the, the type of personality that you're dealing with changes that very same setting, you put a very aggressive, gung-ho, out-in-your-face kind of individual in that scenario, you get one story uh, uh, experience. 
you put somebody who's already been a hermit and a recluse and so forth into that scenario, you get a different type of story. So the characters within the story influence very much where you go with it. So yeah, uh, overcoming the monsters at different locations you mentioned, right. but then also what characters are going through it. Yeah. How about how about if we do uh, a couple with a relationship on the rocks? Okay, All there right. you go. Okay, right. so Each we have one is yep. about they're about to suck it up. This weekend is going to be the bad weekend that they break up. They mm -hmm. they both separately are thinking they're going to break up, and they're thinking this on March twelfth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and the quarantine and the lockdown start, and now they're trapped in there. There's nowhere else to go, and you can see how many different pathways that story can take. Right, right? overcoming the monster, succumbing to the monster, being you know, the monsters, being yeah. the monster. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that. Um, the second one would be the monster and the thrilling escape from death. Okay. It, it, it suggests itself, doesn't yep. it? I it mean, you can start out as the patient who is suffering and going through this and what happens, right? You know, it, that, that's, that's, that's the obvious choice right there. But then there are variations on that. I want to play with an idea that you came up with yesterday. That's uh, right, folks. Occasionally I have one. Go ahead. Yes, it was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still recovering from it. Yes. We, we say, oh, look, an idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Catch exactly. it before it goes away. Um, you had suggested, you know, diehard New Yorkers, a couple. Right. You know, and this is coming, and they have a young daughter or, what, or, or not. We kind of did a couple of different versions. Right. Um, and they said, we're going to get out of the city. The city's yeah. going to get hit hard. We're running. Let's go up to her parents' house, his in-laws. Right. To get away, and we'll be safer there. That's right. In the, in the country, the suburbs, but away from the jam-packed city that they have known for so many years. Yeah. And the, both of us paused for a second. And we were like, <laughs> the idea sounds good on paper. But when you get there, right? And then right. there's so many different directions that it goes, right? Yeah. You know, um, you had talked to, well, you what did you what did you say well, about uh, I said, well, the you know, situation with the in-laws? The obvious the uh, again an obvious choice is the in-laws and and the son-in-law have never gotten along. It's it is right. it has never worked. Uh, they weren't that thrilled that he married their daughter because nobody's good enough. Blah 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 blah. Or maybe because I think it was a variation on that. Maybe he has been a bit of a disappointment and he's been embarrassed and how he deal, dealt with them. It's just exacerbated this tension. And now they are going to go live with these people. What the hell do you do? And and that was one. That was one step we took. Right. I think another step where it was like, okay, they don't talk normally. They they avoid. And now they're stuck together. Right. And what do you do yeah. then? You know. So it's not even about okay, we're gonna argue and bicker and back and forth, and we're used to this. And I don't like you anyway. No, this one is the the tension is so thick. You need a bazooka to get through it. And we're and then, how to boil to that point, right? And I, I, you know, my crime mind or whatever you want to say, um, I said, you know, they're in such a panic to get out of the city before the quarantine hits that they rush out. And it's not until they're on the road where all of the suppressed pain and memories from the, the wife and her experiences mm -hmm. on that farm with that, you know, and then she turns around and looks at her daughter, and it all comes rushing back. Yeah, she was about her daughter's age when daddy started. What daddy did, yeah, yeah. All right, and then that, that whole thing. Area where, again, yeah. wasn't talked about. So now you've got all of that, yeah. Um, so now that story can just be in that car. Yeah. Right? It doesn't have to be, you know, the novel of what happens on the farm. It, and that's one of our, some of our points here is that you can do so much to discuss so many meaningful topics. You know, mm -hmm. I saw a head doctor in the emergency room. Uh, it was on ESPN's um, or HBO Sports with Brian Gumble, and uh, it's on this weekend. She uh, 
ultimately the story is about how uh, lacrosse companies switch, stopped making their helmets and started making shields for emergency rooms and that kind of stuff. And it came from, she was a lacrosse star somehow related to that company. And, but when they interviewed her, every time she talked about her experience in the ER, this accomplished doctor was reduced to the quivering lips and, and, and the tears. And that's, that's an ER doctor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That slice of life. Oh, my God. Right? Yeah. Uh, let's keep going. Uh, rags to riches. That's some sad shit. But you see a lot of people are trying to cash in on, on the COVID quarantine. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm quickly reminded again, just to show the breadth of this theme. Uh, 9/11, you know, obviously that was that was a day. You know, if you want to, you want to quote FDR, you know, a day to live in infamy. Um, but three days later, I, I saw what I considered to be just the pit, the absolute bottom pit of, of human nature. We are three days past the day when 3,000 people died. Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 the aura of that many deaths in this city in one particular place and how it went down, the violence and everything, was still resonating, was still vibrating through Manhattan especially. And on the corner of 34th Street and 8th Avenue, as I was approaching the corner, there were two people, and I, I use the term loosely, selling T-shirts I survived 9-11. Oh, that's just stupid. You know, it's like two, three days after yeah. they're, they're up there hawking the wear. And we you know, knew somebody one, in uh one might in say, my college. Oh, I'm, I'm, the night that, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say someone might say, Yeah, well, they were just celebrating that people were alive. I'm like, no, they were not. <laughs> no. <laughs> because we, we, everyone around us was going the horror, the fear. Uh, people were packing to leave town, just like, you know, COVID. I, there were some people saying, I got to get out of New York because this is a, a, the, the center, the target, blah, blah, blah. All this was going on. This was life. And some people were just trying to deal with, you know, there was a feeling. Yet yeah, a lot of souls were now moving. To, those were the things that were going on. And here's two people going, buy these T-shirts. Buy these t-shirts. So, yeah. Anyway, um, so, yeah, you were saying. Two, two things. One, the night that... John, everybody on campus. I was in Columbus State and playing Beatles music and Lennon's, you know, right, having a beer to console ourselves or whatever. There was this one guy. Uh, he and his buddies stayed up all night making buttons, John Lennon buttons. And they went down uh, to um, where Imagine is now and where the Dakotas are mm-hmm. trying to sell these buttons. And I wasn't there. I don't know the story. But the version that I always stayed with me was that, you know, they were all but tarred and feathered for trying to make a buck on Lennon. And that's, you know, it, it, it comes around to today because we were in a, a store the other day, you know, mask on, gloves on and all that sort of stuff. And um, the goddess, of course, is the goddess. She's more calm about things. And I'm always looking out for what do we need just in case this all goes south, you know, mm-hmm. she has faith. I have faith that things will go south. <laughs> so never, never say go south, of, black man. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I see this packet of uh, masks, you know, the medical masks, the blue ones. Yeah. There, so I, I throw that in. I so said we're going to just, just in case, you know, we we do have washable ones now and all that, but just in case, right? Right. I'm figuring yeah, it's three dollars, five dollars, ten dollars, twenty-five bucks. Yep. And there was like four of them in there, something like that. Real, you know, so it is what it is. And that see that, this? Yep. See this? Hang on, I'm gonna show uh, you this. Hand sanitizer. This is a hand sanitizer. This is an old bottle, right? This is a new bottle. This was a dollar and change. This was six bucks. Yep. Same size. Yep. Same size. Same story. Okay. Yeah. So we understand there's a million stories there to play with. Rags. Uh, is, is definitely making rags of people as, as certain foul, foul ones get rich. But go ahead. I want yeah. to challenge our creativity with this next basic plot. 
Okay. And I think I think we're gonna succeed. Let me drink some more coffee here. Just a minute. All right, here we go. A drink to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, this I'm ready. Called, this one is called the quest. And you would say, Well, how can you be on a quest when you're under quarantine? Yep. Professor, you want to handle it first? Well, actually, I'm going to call on the first one that comes to my mind is actually real life. Um, there's a, a, a patient who is very sick in the hospital from COVID uh, on, on, on uh, what do they call it, a medical-induced coma. And it's a family member who is in another country, yeah. desperate to get to their relative, yeah. to their loved one. And they're going through everything they can possibly do to get permission to leave and they're calling and they're doing it and and even to the point of where they they could even get into a vehicle and drive a certain distance to get closer to an area where they might be able to get an airplane and so forth and get out but the quest is to get home to be with that person and hopefully to get home in time to find that this person is recovering as opposed to dying or yeah dead. yeah, yeah. And we're going to move on to the next one voyage and return and Ooh. that is, well, the, the patient. Yep. From the patient's yep. point of view. Yeah. From, <clears throat> how about the company's point of view? They, how can we help, you know, how to retool well, the building? I got. To, so it can manufacture things people can use, you know? Right. Um, uh, how about what this? else? What else? Uh, the the, uh, the, the uh, clinical worker, the maybe the, the, the nurse or doctor who's been on for hours and hours doing this. And they dealt with, you know, the, uh, some foot. They dealt with maybe some success in terms of people are being maintained, but they've also seen loss, and they don't know if they can take much more of this. And they're out. They leave the building. They're standing out in the parking lot. They're standing on a grassy area, and they're contemplating how much more of this can I take? How much can I? I can't take anymore. And they go through, through, through whatever, to then turn around and go back in. Yeah, yeah. With the I next can't. I, well, like that that doctor who was crying. You know, yeah, it took everything for her to go back in every day. You know that yeah. kind of. We've seen that a lot. Um, the uh, we'll 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 shout out Rutgers and a few other places that are working day and night to come up with some way to treat the illness mm-hmm. through okay. that that moment before that day before that. You know, that, and let me. They weren't before the success. You know, right and then. The breakthrough happens, you know, especially with the backdrop of certain national leaders just throwing out all sorts of crazed uh, here. Try this. Inject yourself with that. You know, meanwhile, the scientists are doing the work and trying, you know, what do you got? Let me let me just do this quick um, comparison again, just to say that, you know, seven plots, you know, we've seen it all before. But how do we do it this time through this lens? Saving Private Ryan. You know, how many war stories have you seen over the decades that deal with a, a, a small squad of people going out to save someone's life or they go out on a mission and will any of them return, you know, uh, or do they save this person, barely make it back with that person or that person's the only one who makes it back because everybody else sacrifices themselves. And can I get up, you know, maybe they've been through some major battle and can I get up after I rest? Or after the you know a night's sleep, or after I've finally taken this place, we have just time for a cigarette before I get up, pick up my weapon, and have to go back out there and do it again. And and to and to use that as you know to to play with that as a metaphor, uh, it might have been Governor uh, Jersey Governor Murphy, but some one of the political leaders said um, this thing has a higher body count. I might get this a little wrong, so send yeah. your letters, your cards and letters to uh, with the proper that. No, <laughs> um, Julie Nick. World War II, Korea, Vietnam, both wars in Iraq, Hurricane Sandy, and 9/11 combined. This thing has a higher body count than all of those combined. Does it have if you're a, a veteran? I'm sorry. Does it, does it have a higher body count than the the flu in 1918? Have we topped that? Uh, I don't know. I just named four or five wars, a hurricane, yeah, and I'm, a terrorist I'm, attack. So yeah, I would imagine that number. You know, yeah. So um, if you are 
in the military now, National Guard being dispatched somewhere. That's what you're up against, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Your father, your mother, your grandfather might have said, "Well, that's not the real military." Well, you're in a bigger war than anyone has ever faced, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Or if you're in a veteran in one of these senior homes oh. that are getting devastated, oh. or if you're a military person trying to stem that tide, and mm-hmm. all your training has been point and shoot at the enemy, we can't see this enemy. Yeah. There's so many stories, you know? Well, here, so, here's something, too. Um, you know, I think you said one of the plots was um, so, something in return. What did you say? Voyage in return. Voyage in return. I, I'm, I'm sort of a, a, amazed by... Um, oh, what a lovely spider. Uh, I'm sort of amazed by the, the, the battles that some people... Are are, are 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 engaged in in terms of just mindset or attitude like mm-hmm. what does it take because it's easy you know you see on the news you see a lot of people who are angry you see a lot of protesting you see a lot of despair depression what does it take to be up to be you know to be inspiring or engaging or to be that distraction from all of the despair and everything, to have that positive uh, outlook. You just said something about the goddess having faith. You know, mm-hmm. what, is, what does it take when you're surrounded by naysayers or surrounded by evidence that, quote unquote, there is no God or there is no yeah. this, right? And then you, because of your personality or because for others, you have to be that light, yeah. you know? That's, well, that's, you know, and, and not to talk out of turn, she's going to be mad at me for this, but um, there's a couple of stories that you could write just about that kind of faith. You know, mm-hmm. um, High Holy Days passed during quarantine, right? Yep. And uh, for, for many religions, uh, Ramadan, Easter, um, I forget the Jewish holiday, I apologize. Um, Passover? No. Yeah, Passover. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I had to I'm think about that. I'm sorry, yeah. everybody who sorry. knows for yeah. years, and I should have known better. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, and the, the, the quest, the, the struggle, faith or, or, or governmental order, which wins out, right? You know, there's some uh, Hasidic uh, uh, funerals in the last couple of days where, you know, they made a big fuss and the mayor went after him. And then if you look at the if you look at the clips, overwhelmingly, they all have the mask and gloves on. Not everybody. Yep. Uh, but it's better than it was, right? Yep. That whole struggle. How do you keep your faith? Uh, what do you do? Uh, my wife, you know, that Easter vigil is something for, you know, it, it deep in her soul. And it really tested what can she do and what decision she made. I mean, that's her business and all that sort of stuff. Um, but there, you know, the... But then that, that, novenas, that's you know? a test, the, a test of faith. That is a yeah. that is a theme that again resonates and has been out there for countless years. And what can you do within this particular setting? What kind of stories, short stories or long, can you do about a test of faith? Yeah. You know? yeah. Absolutely. All right, let's go a little lighter. Yes. Let's one of the, one of the seven not too plots. Much lighter because I, I look good this way. Yeah, go ahead. One of the seven plots is comedy. Yeah, and I want to go back to your. We you we were talking about your uh, the uh, hardened New Yorkers go out to live with the in-laws, <laughs> and for a little bit yesterday we said, and it's on a farm. Yeah, it's kind of like a 2020 Green Acres. Yeah, right? where these uh, maybe maybe they're Brooklyn hipsters, right? Hey, Richard Chavez. Um, yeah, and, and uh, they're now on the farm. You know, that, that's right. comedy. That's yeah, comedy. You know. Um, Having to teach, um, what was it, uh, Kramer versus Kramer, where uh, uh, Dustin Hoffman had to kind of learn parenting, right? Yeah. <clears throat> there's there's comedic situations in the parents who had to sit with their kids or had to make sure the kids did the distance learning, and right. all of a sudden they're back in their situation, and and you know some of them just really started learning how much teachers do and. And some of them started, it started testing their soul, you know? Um, 
Well, I, story, I, was, uh, I was thinking the other day, because, you know, one of the things that, that I always find, uh, and, and, and because I'm the worst at this in my, in my entire family, the, our, our kids and, and you know, the, their mother, everybody is good at this but me. And here's the challenge. The parent who has to teach the new math, you know. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know. That's a comedy right there. Yeah, right, right there. It's like, what? <laughs> you know, well, don't you know, Mom, that such and such or dad such and uh, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> you know, because I got stuck oh, yeah. with two trains leaving. You know, you know. Two there, trains was, uh, there was a picture sent to the bunch of teachers yesterday, and it's a van. And you know, like that kind of chalky substance that the used cars, you know, they'll put the price on the window. Yeah, yeah. They use that to write across the big black back, dark back window, right? And it said, you lied. Child is not a pleasure to have in class. <laughs> well, I think and, you know, probably that word A pleasure to have in class is one of the standard comments that teachers put on it. I use it uh, every, the, the first, um, Parents, the first uh, progress report, I use it on everybody because that's how I feel. But that was a really funny line. So comedy, there's a ton, you know, um, man, this is a great crime comedy waiting to happen where, you know, these half knucklehead wise guys, you know, their uncle, their grandfather, someone's getting the COVID, you know, and or they're, they're, they're one the one cousin Anthony, not the other 17 Anthony's, but the Anthony who became the doctor that everyone's, you know, they got no masks. We got to get a mask. That's, that is a comedy right there. That's, you know, there's so much potential. So well, we have comedy. Also too, you know, it's the, it's the typical Agatha Christie backdrop of X number of people uh, in the house when the murder is occurs. And then later when the murder murderer has to be revealed, but in this case, the lockdown is a, is like maybe a, a small hotel or an inn somewhere, and they can't leave because of the lockdown. It's really intense, and yet the crime has happened there. We know that the criminal is there, and the question becomes, how do you how do you figure it out? And and, and you know, even even just that backdrop shifts just a little bit when you realize that there's certain things that are not available to them because of the lockdown or because of the pandemic. You know, so you can you can do things with murder mysteries or comedies, dramas, romance, romance. Yeah. Well, we have we got it. You're locked in, and uh, those divorced couple refine love or whatever, or you know, young love. Where yeah, exactly. Each other, and the whole world fell away, and then the quarantine happened, and Dad said, "You're staying home with me, girl." And 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 you know, in 2020, you got all the apps, but it's not the same as holding hands. It's not the same as kissy face or whatever. You well, know, you there's know, a romance for that. That's a big one. For if our dating, times, if if you're it's dating the 2020 quantum version of Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> yes, it's a cap. How about that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking if you're dating somebody, um, and and then this this whole thing hits, and you don't live together. It's it's the trying to figure out how to express the affection. How do you how do you deal with it? What do you do? Do you do you do you somehow get together? If you get together, but you're doing the six feet thing, you know, it's all of that stuff, you know, happening until some point, you know, obviously it, it builds to some sort of a climax of some type, whatever it is you want to do with that story. But just they're, they're, how do we be together, not together? You know, yeah. there's a great uh, love story on social media now where a guy saw a girl dancing on the roof across the street, you know, on her balcony or whatever. Mm -hmm. Smitten, you know, Cupid got him. So they kind of signaled each other and all that stuff and, you know, he just, and then give me your number and she wrote it and he gave it and they text back and forth and all that stuff. Then it goes up to the next level of FaceTime and then, you know, will you have dinner with me? How the hell are we going to do that? So she set up a table on her balcony. He said, and they had dinner from afar. And eventually, I think he ordered either a, uh, one of those 
balls you can go in. Oh, yeah. You know, one of those containment suits right. to come out and meet her or some craziness. Now, you, that, that's that guy's story. But there's, a, you know, there's countless versions of that. Um, we have one, two, three more plot, basic oh, plots. To play with. Right, yeah. And then we'll see what else we can do. And maybe we have a challenge. Um, this one has subcategories. Oh, okay. Tragedy. And I'm going to give you the subcategories. The five stages, the divided self, the hero as monster. And by the way, I want to say this is Christopher Booker's book, so I have to give him credit. So let's talk about tragedy, the five stages. That's pretty clear. Mm -hmm. you know? um, whether it's from the doctor's point of view or the patient's point of view or the loved one's point of view, it's pretty clear. Uh, the divided self, that's fascinating. Well, you know? that's, that's, to me, that's also in the realm of conflict where it's, it's character versus character, or not character versus self, rather, where, you know, sure. you have, yeah, you have that inner conflict. You know, if you don't believe you can do something and the something, the, the other conflict is an external. So let's just say if, if Robin Hood didn't believe that he could take down Prince John, you know, and, and save the kingdom, if he's right. in himself, he has no faith to lead the merry men or to lead a rebellion. Anybody like then that's the first conflict. You got to get past that. You got to push past that doubt and that fear or overcome it long enough to initiate the stage that is going to maybe make life better for all concerned. Chris, uh, was it? Was it? Uh, I often tell this story. One of the reasons I was really scared in that sort of fanboy kind of way that the first Batman movie with Michael Keaton was going to suck was because hey. I've only seen him in Beetlejuice and stuff like that. And so I'm thinking they're going to do Batman on a, on a major motion picture screen as, as Beetlejuice with a bat suit. I was, I was beside myself. Yeah. And then I saw a movie he did called Clean and Sober. Clean and Sober. That's what, I, that's what convinced me that it would be fine. There you go. And it's the drama. When I tell my students about it, I say, you know, his conflict, for those who don't know, his conflict is he's, he's a drug addict. He's a successful young executive making nice money, great apartment, cool car, all that. But he's got a, he's got a drug habit and it's, it's taking him down. And in order to overcome it, he's got to find it within himself. I said it's not about him versus the cops or some drug dealer or some gang. It's right. the war is inside him. And I said, and that's... So Kind of inner conflict. So then the social drug user who is in denial or, uh, about um, uh, about his addiction right. or her addiction, mm -hmm. you know, and the main dealer that that person goes to gets COVID. Yeah. And then he's in quarantine or she's in quarantine. Yeah. And right. even there, even there, you can go a couple of places. Do I go out and try and find this person and get near this person in order to get what I need from them, or well, is who's this, covering for that person? Yeah, is I this mean, out of out of action because they're sick, and I got to go out there and wander the streets and try and find somebody else who can give me what, and you know, possibly get sick and everything. So it's it's all these different ways you can go with that. There's a, there's a really good uh, short piece on um, shotgunhoney.com. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a couple of days ago, so they always have, you know, a short piece on the front and then, you know, read more stories. It's a couple back. It's called We Take Care of Our Own. And it's uh, it starts out with these um, thieves. They break in daytime, brandishing weapons, and they clean out pharmacies. All mm -hmm. sorts of drugs and stuff, and then they fence them and all that stuff. And this one guy goes for specific stuff, gets it all the time. And uh, what he does with that brings us to that next one, which is the tragedy hero as a monster. Mm. He's a thief. He's a, you know, but when we find out why he's doing it. So I recommend you go to uh, shotgunhoney.com and look for it. We take care of our own. It'll take you about somewhere between four and seven minutes to read, and it'll be well worth that time spent. So go and check that they're, out. They're, but they're it's a good example of that. Their requirement is something like 700 words. 
700 words. I like that number. We'll talk about that number. No time to read the short stories because they are short. Boom, boom. boom. Yep. Uh, Two more. Rebirth. Ah. (laughs) That's such a great thing. I want to talk about um, a nonfiction couple. Go for it. As an example of rebirth. Mm -hmm. But uh, they are heroes of the pandemic. Uh, I also work with them uh, in Hackensack High School. Um, one takes care of like the ISS room. The other one is the, we call him chef. He teaches the cooking class, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, they are the carols, that's their names. And this is for rebirth, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all as teachers in, in quarantine, doing distant learning, trying to figure out, as you are, Alex, how do we get this lesson across? How do we educate? How do we give the, the students the things they need, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Chef Carroll. He's, he's a great example of the kind of comet pride, a uh, community pride that you see in Hackenstack. And one of the reasons why I love working there. But he's also a great example of rebirth because there he is. He's calling parents. He's trying to get them to, you know, help their kids with this cooking lesson or that cooking lesson, you know? Mm-hmm. And, a, and a parent says to him, I would be embarrassed to show you what I have in my cupboards to feed my children. Oh, wow. And from there, the room but he went from I'm teacher sorry, broke to, up. Repeat that again. And from there, he, the rebirth started. Ah, uh, he went from teacher, the two of them and their daughters. What a lovely family. But they went from teaching to providing. And in that way, teaching all of the tri-state area because they've been on several news shows. What they do is they he talks with some of the food providers that provide for his, you know, he buys from for his class and some other people, and then donation starts coming in. <clears throat> By the time the reporters get there, they have this whole production taking up their entire front lawn, and they're feeding hundreds of Hackensack people who don't have the means because they got laid off, they got furrowed, you know, yeah. uh, uh, unemployment hasn't shown up hundreds by now it might be thousands and people come in on a certain day and they deliver to the people in the community <coughs> enough food to help for the week and then they start over again they start over again. talk about rebirth not only did that show him how he can teach and not only teach the class but teach the whole school teach the community teach the, the you know the city county, state, the tri-state area, at, you, you can't say enough. That's a great example of rebirth I in w- the pandemic. I would, I would also say, just uh, as um, a sidebar, uh, in terms of stories, and this is, this <coughs> is speaking, and, and, and quite possibly people in my family would go, oh, you're being Pollyanna, although I don't look anything like Polly. Uh, but my, my thing is, too, I feel that prior to the pandemic, we were, we as a society were being bombarded with a lot of negative images, um, constantly being told about the foul things, the bad things, the horrors that are going on in the world. Not because there never were any before and now there's suddenly this, this cornucopia of them, but because somehow people have it in their minds that only bad news sells, that we as a society only want to hear about the, the sensationalistic horror in order to then go buy your product. And I think that in a situation like this, one of the, in like this pandemic and everything, yeah, there's all these depressing, despair, despairing things to talk about, but there's also, just like you just said, there are also these stories of people rising to the occasion, rising, yep. the communities coming together, individuals making a difference, you know, just just even to the point of, of like, I, I know some people who, record readings of books or plays and they just post them so that someone else can go there and listen to this and just be 
comforted or distracted or re relaxed mm -hmm. or entertained for a little while. You know, there's some, uh, other yeah. people who are very religious and they, they, they've created through Zoom and things little gatherings in the evening where you can come in and, and, and pray and, and just talk, you know. They don't have to do this. There's no money coming to them. And yet we can rise to the occasion. So I think some uplifting stories are just as valuable, if not more so, at this time. And it also leads us to the very last of the seven basic plots. Uh, Funny how that Christopher Booker, again, if you're interested. What's the name of the, of the author? Uh, Christopher Booker. And it's called The Seven Basic Plots. Right. So it's a really great book. But I'm sure there's a bunch of them, but this is the one that I've always uh, uh, said. Wow! Okay, so it's called <laughs> The Dark Power. I'm sorry, it broke life. up again. Repeat it, please. The Dark Power from Shadow to Light. There and you this is, we've already started talking about that, but that's probably some of the more important stories, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, to themselves, how entertainers, how how everyone is, you know, all the best of us are reinventing ourselves. You know, Questlove as a DJ, uh, um, uh, Black Thought as a poet. You know, uh, um, so many people reading or performing or discussing or just reaching out and being there. The the re-emphasis on community, on on the human race as a social entity that needs each other to mm -hmm. survive is probably the strongest message we can send. Absolutely, absolutely. There is, there's a sort of, every now and then, you know, we as human beings might become somewhat jaded, you know, because again, you know, nobody can be up all the time. It's, it, it, sometimes we are hurt, or sometimes we're let down, sometimes we're angry or frustrated. It's real, it's, it's normal. But I think, one of the things I, I think some of these stories do, some of these more uplifting stories, these, these, these rise to the occasion stories, is remind us that we can do it. Not, not that maybe somebody else will do it, but that we can do this. You can do this on the larger scale or the small scale. Um, I heard some, some remarks, some cutting remarks about, oh, if I see one more celebrity telling me we're all in this together, you know, I'm going to shoot him or something. I'm thinking, you know what, uh, maybe they're living a little bit more comfortably than you are, or I am for sure. You know, they've got more money, they've got a bigger house, they've got a lawn, whatever it is. But their body's going to react to this thing the same way mine will, the exact mm -hmm. same way. So ultimately, the disease, like, like, like many others, it's, it doesn't know status, it doesn't care about race, it doesn't care about religion, it doesn't care about gender. So in that in that. One arena, we are all in this together. It affects human beings. That's, that's what we are. And I think stories that remind us we can come together in some way to support one another, absolutely. I don't know, you know, I'll put it this way, uh, in terms of some of the types of stories you can do, I don't know that any nurse uh, or nurse's assistant is getting paid enough to put their life on the line 24/7 in a situation like this. I don't I don't know. And I don't, yet and yet they do. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. One might say, well, the doctors are making all kinds of crazy money. Yeah, I'm not talking about them right now. Although I think once again, that's a whole nother sacrifice. I don't know there's enough money in the world that you could pay me or certain people to consistently put their life on the line. And if yet you will do it. If you want to say that then go and watch Brian Cumble's interview and watch that woman who, oh, she's getting paid so much and she's a doctor. Watch the emotional toll yep, that right. this is taking on another human being. That's and right. suddenly salary doesn't matter. That's it another does. human being. You can if walk there's anything coming yeah. out of this pandemic, it's a wake-up call that we are humans. Right. And we, uh, we share more than we don't. And it's so important that we learn this lesson. Yeah. And tell these damn stories. And a matter of fact, you and I, Alex. Oh, oh we, we're at that moment. We're at that moment. We go. We're at that moment. Yeah. We have we have an offer for everybody out there. We want you to tell the damn story. We want you to tell the damn story pandemic. Here's the offer. 
Um, we're going to, we, I, uh, I have a blog page. You have a blog page. Uh, tell the damn story has a blog, yeah. uh, Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram. We're going to, we're going to accept, uh, I guess I should give my, uh, maybe I'll give my Chris Ryan Wright's email out. Yeah, you can do it. There's That's also sorry. a tell the damn story email. All right. You, <laughs> you know that off the top of your head. So yeah. that's what we can do. Um, yeah. We'll do that. And we'll put it so in. Here's a- the deal. This is for all creatives. Writers. All right. Not um, if you're journaling, that's important. Or if you're uh, someone who keeps a diary, that's important. But Facebook has really been the great place for those. And, yeah. and we encourage you to keep going there. We are talking about fiction writers. Um, maybe some some nonfiction that can do a, a profile on someone in the same. Maybe, maybe we'll play with that, but primarily we're looking at fiction writers and visual artists, photographers, or art or, or painters or uh, illustrators. Tell your damn story about the pandemic. Here's the limitation: one picture. If you're visual. Or a 700-word story. Where did I get that from? Shotgun <laughs> Honey. I love that place. Um, 700 words. Any genre. Somehow thematically linked to the pandemic. And uh, we will read. Uh, the goddess has agreed to help share the load there. God bless. That's why she's a goddess. Uh, we will read and we will publish... The, the best 10 we get, all right? Uh, it'll be the best 10 stories, best 10 pieces of art. They don't necessarily have to go with the stories. So we can pu- publish them uh, separately. Now, we got to tell you, Alex and I, we're broke. Okay? <laughs> we, are, we are textbook artists where we work day, day jobs to pay the bills, we do the best we can, so we're not, you know, we're not flowing in the money. So you won't get paid for it. What you'll get is published by Shamans and Nunzio Publications, Simmons and Company, and don't uh, uh, tell the damn story. It'll be a line in your, uh, um, your, in your professional resume, and we will promote you, your story by name. We'll have you send a little. Uh, when when we pick the ten, we'll get in touch. Make sure you have a, a email, return email, and we'll ask you for a picture and a short bio or something, and we'll we'll do it up. And but, and let me just point out really quickly that we're not talking about we will then own your story. This is your story. We yeah, don't own anything. That's going okay. Now it's our story. No, it's yours. It's absolutely yours. And it's it's 100%. really about also getting 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 these stories out there serves a double purpose. Yes, you will get you know. People looking at your story, reading your story, being, you know, experiencing your story, you'll get the credit, the professional credit for it. But the other thing is your stories will be impacting on lives, you know, and that's, it's that's the reason why we tell the damn story, right? Absolutely. Right? To yeah, share, to complete same. the circle. There's going to be people out there who need to read that story. Right. That's and, right. And that, that's why we do what we do, who need to see that piece of art. One of the best things that New York Times have done, and, and that's ridiculous beginning of a sentence, because the New York <laughs> Times has done such amazing things. But in this pandemic, they have been doing photo essays. Yeah. And the emotion on those, you know. Um, <clears throat> someone did something called Ghost Town the other day. And I looked at it, I was going, oh, oh yeah. Wow. Yeah, no. So, yeah, yeah draw. Take a picture. Do what, what you can. One, one piece, you know, that we can publish. Boom. Um, or a 700-word short story. Now, right. if it's 800 words, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Get the discipline, right? Get the discipline. Yep. 700 words. Um, any other parameters on that? Well, just simply, I'll just simply state that exactly what he's saying are the rules of the game will be posted with this, um, with our episode, uh, as, well, as well as the email, the Tell the Damn Story email. It will be posted with the episode so you can get, you know, what you're hearing now, you can read 
You'll get a, you know, you read it, and then you'll know where to send it. And we, you know, we look forward to seeing this. And as I said again, the, the best ten. There's no fee. There's no. There's no money. You're not getting paid cash money for this, but. You will get to share your story. You get the credit for it. Your story, both professional and otherwise, and you know. Once again, I will publish it, and and it would be great if we put it up, and then everyone who listens or sees it on social media shares it as well. And you know that if 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 you need to think payment at all, that would be the thing, right? Is that you get the stuff out there. Now today, uh, this is coming out tomorrow, and tomorrow will be what May third. This is Sun. It'll be Sunday. This is airing Sunday, May. Yeah, it is May third. Yes, Sunday, May third. Right. So, I'd like to say May fifteenth. Do you think you need more time than that? No, I think I think after that it becomes it starts to drag out. Seven hundred words. Yeah, May fifteenth. May fifteenth. It gives them. That's the deadline. It gives them two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them may have something, but yeah, it gives them two weeks to write something. Yep. Yeah. So okay. they might they might have it already. They might yeah. uh, have a picture. They might be drawing something. Um, if you do draw, please don't draw a Superman or Batman or someone who has a copyright that we can't use. Yes. Yeah. No licensed right. characters that do not. Yeah. It's got to be your original characters, your original work. And or, again, you know, if if you're drawing, you know, uh, a hospital worker or someone like that or a human being that doesn't have a copyright attached. Cool. That's fine. Yeah. You know, know, again, the the idea here is to give you an opportunity to express something original. Tell the damn story. Yeah. Something original (laughs) in this scenario. So I think I think we do. Like I said, there'll be the printed information will be there for you to to refer to uh, along with the episode. Okay. cool. Well, you know, I think the challenge is on. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Uh, We're. uh, I just want to say I hope that other people some some. Something to think about in terms of looking I at so. different ways to tell a story within this environment, this arena, this setting, this time, or a story about what's going on within this time. But to understand that you can speak about what's going on around you in ways that don't necessarily regurgitate, oh, my dear, here's this terrible disease. There's so much more you can do with it. And the question is, are you willing to? So we look forward to seeing what you come back with, and we'll be here. We'll be here next time. And I tell you what, if any time of our history is appropriate for this title, this is the time to tell the damn story. story. Okay, folks. Take care, Chris. Look forward to your work. All right. Peace.